Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of My Point of View with me, Camila. Hello, everybody. Um, we're really close to the 20th episode, which is very exciting. And yeah, if you hear me kind of like on a weird volume, it's because I have this new mic stand. So I'm just like moving in and out of the mic, trying to see where's the best place and everything. So just bear with me, please, while I try to figure out my whole mic stand situation but yeah the mic stand is a good thing because it's mean it means that we are really close to like the 20th episode because I, that's a promise i made to myself i was like okay if i get to the 20th episode i'm going to buy myself a mic stand and i did yes so yeah so if you hear me a little bit like weird i'm still trying to figure it out but what I wanted to say before getting into what today's episode is about is that I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately and a lot of podcasts, way too many. And I've seen or listened that many people actually do like a reintroduction of themselves on every episode. So if anyone's new, they know who you are. Who you are. And I think that makes sense because for, ex- for me to make because I don't even have a trailer because I never even thought about that. So I guess I'm going to start making like little introductions of myself on every episode intro, which I hope you like. If you don't, then skip to this part until the episode. I think it's going to last like, I don't know, 15 seconds tops because I don't have a lot to say about myself. So yeah, my name is Camila, as you probably already listened to. Um, Camila Bola. I don't ever really use my last name on English because I feel like it sounds kind of weird. But I still love my last name, but in English, it's weird. But I'm a 21-year-old student living in Buenos Aires, Argentina. I'm on my second semester of my junior year of my international relations major. And I live here in Argentina with my parents on my like home that I've always lived. And yeah, basically, that's all I got to say about me. Then about this podcast, I started this podcast as a way to just... You know, have a diary, but I'm not really good at writing. So I just started the podcast and then I realized that I could actually have guests and connect with a lot of cool people. And I could learn a lot of things about lifestyle, careers, ways to avoid burnout. I had really cool conversations about feminism, body confidence. I have great conversations with a bunch of people that work on social media. And yeah, I've been on a like guest streak or I have a bunch of guests coming on coming on but usually I have more solo episodes but thankfully I've been having a lot of guests lately so yeah that's my intro I'm gonna make it better for my next episodes but just bear with me while I try to figure everything out so yeah I always on my episodes give a little life update on the beginning because I love I think I'm going to love looking back to these complicated times, pandemic times, whatever you want to call it, and just see what my life was like, what I was feeling, whatever. Um, Yeah, here in Argentina, for everyone that doesn't know, we're quarantined for like day 150. We cannot even go out for a run. And everything is the same about that. If you listen to my latest episodes, you're going to see how miserable I actually am. Uh, but, you know, eh, taking it a day at a time, trying to, yeah, take it as best as I can 
also i started my second semester of junior year like this week when you listen to this it will be this week and it's been good it's been hard but it's been good so yeah that's my little life update but now on to today's episode it's a very very exciting full circle kind of episode for me um natalie barbu is on today's episode which is again crazy to even think about because when i was thinking about starting this podcast i was like oh no it's really hard i don't know if i can do it i mean i have to like figure out so many things and then she when i was having all of those doubts she posted her how to start a podcast video and she made it so easy and so attainable for me that i started it so yeah again this is very full circle so we talk on this episode all about her experience being an influencer her experience starting her own influencer marketing business i involved my audience a lot more on this episode because i have an instagram if you don't know i'm gonna leave the link on the show notes but it's my point of view dot podcast where i just ask people to let me questions and assumptions for this episode so yeah the audience was involved in this episode quite quite a lot <laughs> and yeah we talk all about that how it's like running her own influencer marketing company what's like being an influencer all the assumptions then we talk about new york which she's moving out of new york for a little while which is kind of crazy and very sweet and she kind of announced it on this podcast week because she is going to she announced it on youtube on friday i think but we recorded this on wednesday which is when i'm recording the intro and yeah i want to thank natalie again for being on my podcast and i hope you enjoyed this conversation it's a very insightful one especially if you care a lot about pr and influencers and everything all about that so yeah so one more thing if you're new I hope you subscribe, follow, or whatever you have to do on whatever listening platform you are to keep on seeing my episodes. I have a really cool list of guests coming on and already on. And I also, if you're on Apple Podcasts, I hope you leave a review. It helps me a lot, a rating and review. Again, it helps me a lot to reach new people and to just get out there on the podcasting world so yeah again thank you so much if you do it thank you for following thank you for listening and i'm just gonna leave you with the conversation hey guys welcome back to another episode of my point of view today i have a very exciting guest with me hi natalie hi i'm really excited to be here hi do you want to introduce yourself to my listeners i'm sure everyone knows you but just in case Oh my gosh, thanks. Um, so uh, my name is Natalie Barbu. I am a YouTuber, podcaster, and I also have an agency called Barbu Agency, where we specialize in influencer marketing and PR and kind of just, I like to consider it a full service communications agency is what I'm trying to build. And it's definitely been interesting building a business and something that I am familiar with, but like familiar with the influencer side of things. And now I'm kind of going on the other like more businessy side of things. So it's been interesting, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I started YouTube when I was 15. So I was it was nine years ago. I'm 24 right now. Um, I've been doing it kind of throughout all of that, like throughout most of high school, college, and post grad. And 
it's just been a lot of fun. And then, of course, I have my yeah. podcast, and it's just been a lot of fun. I love what I do. Before we get started on everything we're going to talk about today, which I got great ideas for this episode. I don't want to say anything, but I think it's going to be a good one because I got my audience really involved after your advices on the Patreon and everything, which I think it has been really good. But well, before we get started on everything, I do this section with guests called How Are You Really Doing? I just want to normalize talking about feelings, mental health and everything on my podcast, not only because of everything that's going on, but just in general, I think it's important to just talk to each other about how are we feeling. So, yeah, it's 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 inspired on the I don't know if you saw it. Andrew Cuomo, the New York governor, actually did a campaign that's called How Are You Doing Really or something like that. And I was like, oh, I really like that because of Corona and everything. So I kind of took it from him. Oh, that's so funny. I actually did not see that, which is surprising because I'm in New York, but I'm doing okay. I am. There's just like, I feel like during this season, there's a lot of ups and downs, you know, and like with starting a new business during COVID, um, I have some stuff with my apartment that's kind of up in the air. So like, it's just a lot of unknown. And that always not worries me, but I always get very stressed when there's a lot of unknown because I'm a very planner oriented person. So I like yeah. planning. And so if I don't know what's going to happen in a few months, if I don't know how the world is going to be, I get a little stressed out. So overall, I'm doing good. But Whenever I think about my future, whenever I think about planning for the future, I get a little bit stressed and overwhelmed. And I think that's really normal to feel that way. But that's just what I've been feeling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. I think my birthday is on December and everyone's supposing that we're going to we're still in quarantine here in Argentina, like day 100 and I don't know, something. I don't even keep yeah. count anymore. So I'm like, are we still going to be quarantined on December? Spring is going to start. And he's like, oh, what is going to happen? I need to know because I'm such a planner also. I know. I know. It's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of it's kind of been way longer than everyone expected, I think. So it just kind of takes on you like, well, do I have to plan anything? Can I plan anything? Can I do anything? But, well, it's what it is, I guess. But mm -hmm. then starting on I, I'm a big fan of your podcast, The Real Real Podcast, just so everyone knows. And I love that section that you do where you just set the record straight. And I thought that because I never heard you do it on your own podcast that you can do it here. So I basically ask my followers to just send me assumptions about influencer, influencer market. And you can just tell me in, real, in true, real, real fashion if they're true or false and why do you think that? Yeah, let's do it. I like this. I like being, I've never been on the other side, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting because I always hear you do the assumptions and not actually answer them, so. The first one says, influencers care more about followers than anything else. This is definitely not true. I think it obviously depends. I think the term influencer is used very narrowly, but it's actually a very broad term because everyone, like there's so many influencers that everyone has a different opinion. But I think for the most part, it's not true because followers is definitely not all that matters. I think a lot of people are now thinking long-term. So like, how can we make this a career long-term and followers is not what's going to make this a career long-term. I think it's more so engagement, your follower loyalty, and then also what else are you going to do? So I think a lot of influencers now are caring a little bit more about what's next. Like, okay, YouTube is awesome. Instagram's awesome. But like, what can I do after this? At least that's kind of how where my head is at. That's why I'm like excited mm -hmm. to start a business because I'm like, I love doing YouTube, but I don't want to solely rely on YouTube. I want to know 
what's in the future, you know? So I think actually a lot of influencers are tending to think that way now uh, instead of just like, oh, I have a lot of followers. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then the second one says it is an unstable job. Uh, This one also depends. So I think once you're established, it's more stable because you have, I mean, for me, I have YouTube. So I have AdSense coming in, which is a little bit more stable. I have like I know which brand deals I'm getting ahead of time or if I have long-term partnerships. So I think at a certain level, it becomes more stable. But I do think in the beginning, it's incredibly unstable. Like you might get a brand deal one month and then nothing for the next three, four months. So I think that the smaller you are, the more unstable it definitely is. And the thing is, a lot can change quickly. Like someone can kind of drop off the face of the earth and that's it. Your streams of income are over. So I think it... It depends on how the influencer also handles it. Um, but if you are just like posting consistently, you're still planning on posting consistently, you don't have any scandals behind you, then I think that it's a pretty like stable-ish job. Yeah. I also thought that question from the like point of view of the platforms, you know, like Vine disappeared and maybe TikTok will disappear. No one knows. Also, I right, think that's the part right. that's kind of unstable because you never you don't own Instagram you never know what's gonna happen at the end of the day so yeah I think that's also good to think about so that's why I think a lot of people are doing like side business you know Mm -hmm. that's actually so true I think we've been seeing now with TikTok being banned and like Vine going away like you said like what's you know like now we realize like all those people that have 70 million followers let's say on TikTok like Charlie it's like well I mean, good thing she's successful on other platforms. Like, I don't think the end of TikTok is, like, the end of her career because she's super successful in general. But yeah. it's just, like, that's crazy that all of those can just disappear one day. Yeah, yeah. As I said, I mean, Instagram, I don't think it's going to disappear anytime soon. But you never know. One day they're like, okay, bye. <laughs> and it's right. like, wait, right. what do we do with all of these people? Right. They can also change the algorithm which will affect you also you know so like the fact that you don't own it does even if it doesn't disappear if they change something crucial like the fact that likes were being taken away which my like I still have likes I my likes were never so like whenever that was announced that like people aren't gonna have likes anymore I'm like I've still had mine this entire time but um anyway like things like that you know like that affects the industry because now it's harder to see how how much engagement you actually have so I think things like that also um are huge like they affect like our yeah. salaries and our income or and the, our the shadow bands and everything on youtube right. or instagram all of the things that you really can control i think it goes more in hand with that which i but anyways i mean you also when you work a nine-to-five job you also depend on a company that is not your own so i think it kind of depends True. on the other job that you're comparing it to yeah, I mean, I think we saw a lot in co- during COVID people getting laid off and like you're now you don't have any salary and you got laid off, but you had a stable job and now you have no income. I think if anything, like influencers, if they are doing this full time and they are more established, we have multiple streams of income. So even if one of them goes away, like we'll still have other ones coming in. So I actually think it's like kind of crazy how I used to hear like oh my gosh you're so dumb for doing this full-time and quitting your Accenture job when now I'm seeing COVID and I'm like I could have easily been fired or furloughed at Accenture but I was doing like financially fine during COVID working for myself yeah yeah exactly then the other one is kind of like two in one they say it says that influencers make a lot of money but you also need a huge following to make a lot of money 
Um, I wouldn't say this is true. So I think that I don't think you can make a lot of money having like no following or a super small following, but I think you can start building a business with a small following. So I don't think you need a ton of followers. I think if you're smart and you're strategic about it and you kind of build like smart long-term partnerships, I definitely think that you could make an income even with a smaller following Um, because someone with 50,000, someone let's say even with 20,000 followers and someone with 200,000 followers could be getting paid the exact same if they're like depending on so many different factors. So I don't think it's just like the following that you have to look at. There's like so much more that you have to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, like you said before, the engagement, I think, is the best. Because if you do a partnership with a brand and people really don't care about the partnership, then you're not getting anything in return, really. You just posted a picture and people liked it and that's it. Right. Right. Then this one said many influencers don't like being called influencers. Yes, this is definitely true. I've kind of embraced it because I'm like, whatever, like there's no other word for it. Like I'm just going to start using it because I literally every single time I hear someone say um, influencer, but I don't like being called that. Like everyone always says, they're like, yeah, I mean, influencer, but like, I hate that word. And that's literally like what everyone says. So I'm like, I'm just not going to say that anymore. I'm just going to embrace the term because I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think that a couple of years ago, it had a more negative like thought behind it. But now people actually really admire influencers and the fact that people actually got to live off of social media because it's not that easy. You know, I think we all realize that with time. Yep. No, totally. Then this one uh, said most influencers are slightly pretentious. This made me laugh when I read it. So I think that it like some influencers are slightly pretentious. Um, I don't think that all of them are pretentious. I think it, again, depends. I've ran into my fair share that are, but I've also like seen people that aren't as well. So the next one says influencing the influencer world is very competitive. Um, So I actually don't think this one is true because I think competition kind of means like if I like one person, then I'm not I can't like the other, you know, that's what I view competition as but I actually think it's very collaborative where a lot of people like a lot of my friends are YouTubers, and none of us feel like we're in competition with one another, you know, because if someone watches me, that doesn't mean they're not watching my friend, they're just watching both of us. So I actually don't think it's competitive. And also with brand deals, for example, for talking monetarily, a lot of people will buy a lot of people will let's say like a brand deal, for example, a brand will reach out to multiple influencers and work with multiple. It's not like, oh, you're the only one for the job. You're the only one chosen. So I actually don't think it's competitive. Wow. I actually thought that you were going to answer the other thing because I don't know if it is competitive, but I mean, I think influencer world is so big. You have like beauty influencers, more lifestyle influencers. And I feel like the beauty world has been very competitive lately or very like drama like and very like everyone at each other's throats so yeah I thought it on that side but you're actually right though I watch a lot of youtubers and influencers I follow way too many people on Instagram and I I have time for everyone I guess yeah (laughs) exactly you're not just stuck to one you know (laughs) yeah then it says it's very hard to find a work-life balance Uh, This is yes, because you can't really turn it off. It's always on. So 
for example, even if I'm on vacation, I might be vlogging. I have to check emails. Like I have my email alerts on all day. Like even for those like random like store coupons that they send you, like my email alerts are on on my phone because I need to know if I get an email because it's a very quick turnaround time. So I think it's, it is hard because again, like you can't really separate work and life (laughs) for the most part. Mm -hmm. So I find it really difficult to have a work-life balance. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I mean, my podcast Instagram is very small. It's not an influencer style anyways, but I also find it so hard to just close it and be like, okay, I'm done for the day. I'm always on it. So I can imagine you that you work with it basically. Right, right, right. Then it says, um, influencing is a lonely job. Uh, I don't know. This depends because I think for me, it's honestly like I love working by myself, so I'm not lonely because I can still like hang out with my friends. So I'm going to say it's not, but I can see how it can be because for me, I don't think it's lonely. I love working alone and then I have my friends that I go out with at night or I'll have my boyfriend that I'll see when I'm not working, you know, and it's nice because my work is so flexible. I can kind of work anywhere. So like if I wanted to visit friends, I can just bring, like I can visit them whenever and just like work from wherever they are. So I actually don't think it's as lonely as people might think it is. I love that. And then the last one about influencers, and then we move to influencer marketing, what maybe you have learned in this like past couple months. Influencers just promote mindless, mindless consumerism and don't talk about any important matters. Uh, a lot of them, yeah. I think that also mm-hmm. the mar- it's kind of shifted now. Like maybe that's what it kind of started with, with blogging and Instagram. It was just like, here's my alpha, here's a link. But I think now there's a lot more people that are very involved in social issues. They're talking about news around the world. They're they're giving, yeah. they're using their swipe up links to actually help drive donations, you know? So I actually think that it's changed a lot. But of course, it totally depends on who you're talking to. But I think as a whole, influencers are now being held to a higher standard where it's like, if you're not talking about something, then shame on you. You know, it's like you should be talking yeah. about something because you have such a big platform. Yeah, yeah. And I think I also, when you did your Patreon live stream about, about niche, I always, I th- I think I said something about just narrowing it down to a niche or just talking about fashion or something. It just really prevents you from talking about important topics like, you know, Black Lives Matter and everything that happened with that and I think that that is so important to use your platform to that because you have such a big following and platform and you can help a lot of people actually get recognized right right no I totally agree I think that we have a platform and we need to use it then the other one says transitioning to being an influencer to doing influencing market market is hard um yes so I think Mm -hmm. I always knew it would be difficult, but I didn't realize that it would be on the other side, like how difficult it would be. It's a very fun challenge for me. Like right now, today I was actually sending out emails to people that work at like Teen Vogue and Cosmo and Glamour. And I'm like freaking out. Like, I'm like, oh my God, like triple checking my email, making sure everything sounds perfect. Like being like, is this the right time to pitch? Like I'm like overthinking it so much, but I actually really enjoy the challenge. And I do think that I do bring a unique viewpoint because I am on the influencer side and I think a lot of people kind of stick to their side like influencers only do influencer stuff they only create content people that work on the brand side only do branded stuff that's it and I think it's interesting that I'm kind of doing both so while I think it's difficult I think it does make me a little bit more unique because I am doing both sides yeah yeah for sure 
And this one, and I, I really like this one, said celebrity marketing is better than influencer marketing. Oh, so false. I think influencer marketing <laughs> is so much better because I always use this example, but for example, Kim Kardashian tells you to buy this like, I don't know, like, oh my God, I love using this mascara. It's like, okay, we know that you probably were paid a million dollars to post about that. Whereas an influencer on the daily, they're like, oh yeah, I love using this. I do this. I do this. I'll show you my morning routine. It's kind of like we're immersed into your life already. So we would know if something fits naturally or not. And we feel like we know the influencer. We feel like we're friends with them. So we're like, oh, like we're friends with this person. Like, awesome you know like they're recommending a product great whereas a celebrity we don't we don't relate to them at all so that's why I think influencer marketing is actually more successful because one there's a better return on your investment and also two it's cheaper (laughs) yeah yeah and also for example you you promote a product and I want to ask you something about that and you are way more reachable to me on DMs than if I asked Kim Kardashian she probably wouldn't even respond (laughs) right right exactly so for the consumer, I think it's easier in that kind of way. Totally. Then it says, the last one says, a successful influencer marketing campaign requires influencer with a huge amounts of following. Uh, no. So micro-influencers, this is definitely false. Micro-influencers are huge. They are influencers from like 1,000 to let's say 10,000. Like they're like smaller influencers that don't have like a million followers or hundreds of thousands, but they actually have higher engagement. They are way connected. They're way more connected with their audience. Their demographic is pretty selective. You know, it's like very, like most of their audience is exactly one demographic. It's not as widespread, which actually helps when you're trying to do influencer marketing. And they just know their audience. They know their audience better than anyone else knows their audience. So I actually think it's like micro influencers are honestly could be better than even like massive influencers. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I I haven't actually thought about it in that sense. But yeah, of course, engagement, I think is so important. They're connecting with their followers every single day. Like I feel like you probably respond to every DM you get, you know, like, you know, your followers right now. And because you're at the size where it's possible to know your followers, like every single one of them. So I think it's actually like a a huge advantage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Then I wanted to talk a little bit about your experience, how you started your YouTube. And when did you actually realize you could actually call yourself an influencer? You were part of that market, basically. I think with me, when I realized I could call myself an influencer was when the word was kind of already a term, like coined, trademarked, whatever. I don't know when it was created that term. Because influencer is such a new word. It's only a few years old and I've been doing this for nine years. So when I started, that wasn't really a word that I could even use. I don't even think YouTuber was really a word that I could use because Mm -hmm. no one did it. So I actually think that it's something that's really cool is that I've kind of like grown up in this market and so I think yeah. that's just like a really cool thing that I can say that I was here in like the beginning when influencers weren't even a thing. Yeah, yeah. And your channel, do you want to tell us a little bit about how we started it and where is it now? Yeah, so I started it when I was 15 in high school. I was just bored one day and I was watching like like Juicy Star 07 and her sister and all of these like beauty gurus that I loved. And I was like, wait, I remember like vividly watching these videos and finding out these videos. So I was actually in um, sitting in my dad's office because I don't think I I did have a computer actually, but I was sitting in my dad's office because I think his computer was like faster than mine or something. I remember watching those videos in my dad's office and I don't even know what I looked up. I don't know if I looked up makeup tutorials, but I just remember stumbling across them and I was obsessed. Like I watched 
a million of them. And at this point, I didn't even wear makeup really. So it was like so funny for me to watch makeup tutorials. And I was like, wait, this is so much fun. These girls are filming in their bedrooms, like, and they're getting comments and people are watching this. I was like, I want to do this. (laughs) So I just filmed my, I opened up my laptop like the next week. I finally got the courage to do it because it was like a rainy day. And I was like, I have nothing else to do. So I opened up my laptop and I just filmed on photo booth, like the, (laughs) that like camera thing. And I filmed my Aria Montgomery makeup tutorial. And it's funny (laughs) because I didn't really wear makeup, but I was like, people tell me I look like Aria from Pretty Little Liars. So I'm going to do my Aria Montgomery makeup tutorial. And that was the first video that I ever did. And I remember getting a few comments. I got like three comments on it or something like that. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, who is watching this? Like, this is crazy. And this is even before Instagram. So Instagram wasn't even created yet. So like I did YouTube before like Instagram was a thing. So that's how I started. And then um, now, nine years later, I am doing it full time. And back then you couldn't even do it full time. Like no one was getting paid off of it. So the fact that it is my full time job now is insane. I'm so happy. And it's just like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. As a watcher, watcher, viewer, viewer. As a viewer from quite some time, I gotta say your videos are so good. Not only they are so good, you are so honest and open about everything, especially money, which is such a taboo topic nowadays. And it's so nice to just listen to someone talk honestly without any like restrictions or anything. So that's I think why your channel has grown so much in the last few years because people really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I always want to be honest because again. I have been doing it for so long that I always had so many questions along the way. I was like, how do people get paid? How much do they get paid? What does this mean? And I feel like now that more and more people are getting into it, it's it's more of a question. And I, no one, like I didn't have those resources when I was starting out. I just kind of had to figure them out. And I did, made so many mistakes, you know? I probably could have been making so much more money earlier. So I could have had so much more of a following earlier. I could have, you know, I could have done a lot more things right if I had these tips. And so that's why I'm like, I just want to talk about it because no one's talking about it. And I don't really know why. Like I'm comfortable sharing. Like if people want to know how much I made on AdSense, I will tell them. Like I don't really care about that. Like I'll let people know. I think honestly it's better because I started getting so many assumptions. Like, oh, I bet that you don't even make this much or I bet you make so much or I bet this. And I started getting so many assumptions about my like what I made and even though you shouldn't let those get to you I was like okay I'll just tell you guys like I'm just gonna (laughs) so you guys don't have to guess you don't have to assume I will just let you know and so I started doing that and it's been really really like a good response like people have really liked it yeah yeah and I think that people think always with the stable job that you have a better salary or whatever and people really just underestimate how actually good the influencer world like pace and works actually totally totally yeah and then i just wanted to talk about your first like brand deal on youtube and your first brand deal on instagram how those work and yeah i actually this sounds bad i don't really remember them um i wish i did i should look back and see what they were but i honestly do not remember them i remember the first company to reach out to do like post for free was uh Windsor so do you know what Windsor is like the store yeah yeah that yeah she was my first contact and I remember being so excited I was like I cannot believe that this person wants to send me free stuff I was like what does this mean I was like I don't understand I literally had like full-on photo shoots with the outfits that they sent me and because I was so freaking excited like I would post like 
30 times a day. People would know me as like the the Windsor girl, you know, like you're like, <laughs> oh, Windsor, like whatever, because I was so excited to get this free product. And so I would post all the time and their stuff is so cute. Like I still to this day, like yeah. I really like it. Like I know it is fast fashion, but I really do like the clothing that they have, like in terms of what they are selling. Like I do think that they are very cute. So, I mean, yeah. I don't really shop there too often anymore, but I still, like, love the store. Yeah, but it was a pretty big brand for, like, your first important deal, which I think is right. really cool. Not many people get so important. I feel like I see it in the same way as, I don't know, H&M or something like that. Right, right. So, yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> and then I wanted to ask you, um, who are some of your favorite influencers? Hmm, that's a good one. Um. Honestly, I've been watching, I've been trying to watch a lot of smaller influencers now because I've just like watched all the same big ones. But one of my favorite big influencers is Jen M. I don't know if you watch her, but her videos are so relaxing. They're so beautifully done. I just really like her as a person. Like I feel like, I mean, obviously I don't know her personally, but I feel like I know her personally. (laughs) I just like think her videos are wonderful. Like I love them and her voice is just so calming. Like I just really, really like her videos. And so she's been the one that I've been binging the most right now. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Yes. And then I wanted to talk more about your agency, your business barbie agency, how and when it started and why did you start it also? Yeah. So I started barbie agency because I wanted a business um, that helped people connect brands and influencers and in a way that educates them. Because I realized that a lot of people are like a lot of brands that I've worked with. I'm like, you guys don't understand the influencer world. Like we are not just things that will help you increase sales and that's it. Like I feel like they don't really like humanize you at all. It's kind of like you just need to do this because this is going to increase sales. Like they kind of treat you like a Facebook ad or something where it's like at the end of the day, there's a human behind this that's performing this. So I think a lot of brands don't realize that as much. And then also I think that it's just one of those things that I always wanted to be like helpful to people in this industry. And so I thought having an agency that educates people on it as well, like with my Instagram account, Barbu Agency, I thought that that would be a really cool way to um, bring like something different to the agency world because I feel like no other agency does that. Yeah. Yeah, I actually love your post on Barbu Agency. I feel like they're so helpful to anyone, not just Thank big you. people or small people. Yeah. Thank you. And then I, I wanted to ask you more about the services you offer. I know you're not doing any more like new consultations. So for anyone that's interested, where they can find Barbu Agency? Yeah. So I have a Patreon for the people that wanted to make like wanted to do one on one consultations. I have a Patreon which you're a part of, and I always love seeing yeah. you on the lives. So tomorrow <laughs> I'll probably see you on the live. <laughs> um, yeah. But I have a Patreon where we just talk about tips, personal branding tips. Um, like I posted um, something about analytics where I show all my analytics and kind of go through it and what's important what's not important Uh, we do live streams on there it's been really really fun um, where I can get questions from you guys and then also I have um, some other services if you are a business I do influencer marketing so I will run the entire campaign for you me and I have someone else on my team which we work together and do that so we pretty much do all influencer marketing services. We do podcast pitching. We do p- traditional PR, like trying to get you into publications. Um, just a full service, pretty much communications industry. And then if you have a business, we also do consultations for businesses as well. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, I'm a big fan of the live. And 
the lives and the Q&As because I feel like you're so like responding and honest again and I can people can ask you anything and you do for anyone listening you do like the FaceTime situation where yeah, you actually I love see it. Natalie which is so cool <laughs> so yeah so I recommend it to anyone and it's really cheap just to be part of that uh, thinking about how many how much money you have to spend to work with a PR agency right now just three to six dollars is not that much money really yeah I wanted to make sure that it was affordable that was like the number one thing and then the last question about Barbie agency and then I want to ask you some questions from my followers uh, what is your biggest goal right now for your agency I would love to have a team of people and have multiple clients so I think the my number one goal is to have at least like three clients like five five clients would be five clients and then to have un- like adding employees that I can actually like count as employees you know like I'd love to because right now I'm just contracting people I'm not actually like giving benefits like I'm paying them and I'm paying them well but I'm not doing I'm, they're not like employees of Barbie agency I'm contracting them so I would love to actually be able to have like actual employees and have a full team and maybe even have an office one day that would be absolutely wild that yeah I think that would be so crazy to see it like well since you started it into like you get an office in New York I think that would be so crazy to just even watch happen I know I so then from the questions from my followers a bunch of people which I was so surprised ask what is the influencer marketing and what is an influencer for you like how would you define those things I think an influencer is anyone that honestly just has influence over a group of people. So if people look up to you in any sort of way, you don't have to have a lot of followers, but if people are on social media and they're asking you questions like, where do you get this? Where do you get that? What do you think about this? I think that can be considered an influencer. If we're talking social media, which that's what the name is pretty much about. Um, I think you have to have like a public account. You have to be able to, you know, like you have to have people be able to find you and stuff like that for the most part. Um, but there are obviously exceptions with that, but it's mainly on social media. And then influencer marketing is when a company will pay an influencer to talk about a product and to promote a product or send free product to the influencer. So that's what that is. It's just like when the influencers are promoting a product instead of a traditional like commercial or ad. That's really, that's a really nice definition. I think it's really easy to understand. Sometimes you get so overwhelmed in the Instagram and influencer world when you're watching that you're like, whoa, whoa, what yeah. is this? Are they friends? Are they working for them? what is going on totally (laughs) so then another one said what is your opinion on influencers only showing the positives about their lives um i think that nowadays we are like people are showing more than just the positive but i think also it's a fine line because it's like you don't this is a job you want to appear professional so you don't want to show the negatives because that's like not Mm -hmm. as professional or you don't want – I think once you start being negative, you kind of let yourself be a little bit more vulnerable and people can kind of pick at you, pick on you with for that or they'll find a way yeah. to like nitpick your life. So I think it's more so – it's not just because they want to have a perfect life. I think it's a lot because you don't want people involved like in your issues or in your – you know, because I think when you talk about being negative, so if I'm like, oh, I'm really sad about this – I'm going to get a million comments about how I should fix this, what I should do, you know, and it's like, you're allowing those people in your life then. But on the flip side, it can also be like, oh, well, I am sharing this because I want to show you that the perfect life doesn't exist. And that's when I think you can make it a positive. So I think it's a fine line between not being negative where you're letting people in that you don't want in or, you know, you're, you're being, you're still like having your wall up and your wall of privacy or like your wall of vulnerability. But then it's also like, 
normalizing that conversation because you don't want people to think that your life is perfect. So it's kind of like you have to balance the two out because I think if you're too negative, it also can backfire on you. Yeah, I think that also when your business is basically you showing your life and you showing what you did today, it's kind of hard sometimes to separate and be like okay I'm gonna show everything about my life now so anyone can have an opinion on it right (laughs) right because even the positive things people have a million opinions on yeah (laughs) like I imagine myself I don't know like feeling myself in quarantine and let's say I uploaded and people have an opinion and I'm like okay wait but I didn't ask for I know who asked yeah yeah I'm having a bad day but I didn't really ask you anything (laughs) but then one says and I think that this one is very interesting people are saying that the influencer market bubble is about to burst do you think this is true no because I just don't know where it's gonna burst to you know like I don't really understand that because has marketing ever burst you know it's just a new form of marketing I think so maybe eventually there'll be something else I'm not saying that it's going to be around forever but I see this as being the next thing that's going to be around for a very 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 long time yeah yeah and I think that we're still on the starting phases of influencer marketing I don't see it ending anytime soon I think that celebrity marketing has been here for so long now that I think influencer has that kind of longevity if we say that way. Yeah, I think we're still in the very early stages of influencer marketing in the long yeah, run because of things. If you think about it, how long has it been? Like a couple of years, yeah. four years, five years tops, I right, think. Right, right, exactly. Then someone asked, what is it like to own your own PR agency? It's really cool. I feel like I don't, it doesn't feel like I'm, you know, it doesn't like feel like, oh my God, I own my own PR agency. I think it's really um how do I say it um it's very like rewarding like when I got that email back from someone at this magazine that I reached out to I literally like flipped out I like was like oh my god I got this email back because it was just like I was so proud of myself for doing that Mm -hmm. so I think it's very very rewarding yeah yeah and yeah exactly what you said (laughs) and then the last one and then we'll move to talk about New York which is favorite topic of mine yeah (laughs) Uh, advice for people that want to start being an influencer and for small business that want to start their influencer marketing um for people that want to be an influencer just start so just start posting I think it's there's nothing more to it you can follow my patreon for more tips but I do (laughs) think that just starting is the number one thing and for brands that want to dive into influencer marketing, just start reaching out to a few influencers that resonate with your brand. And by that, like try to find a few influencers that already use your brand, you know, ones that have already talked about you or ones that have talked about products similar to you. And that's going to be the most natural, like organic partnership. Don't just look for big numbers. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And then New York. Well, I mean, you can see a side of my room. I, I want to move there someday. So I love talking to people that are New York based. So basically starting, why did you move there? So I have loved this city for so long. I've been obsessed with it since I was nine years old. I have always wanted to move to New York. It's been a dream of mine. And so when I quit my job, I was finally able to. And it's just still the greatest city in the world. I can see myself being here for a very long time. I would love to like live in different cities, you know, like I would love to have a place in New York, but also have places elsewhere. Also, you know, like kind Mm -hmm. of maybe not be here full time, but like spend a few months here, spend a few months in another city. But I always kind of want to call New York home so I think that um I just like I've always loved this city so much yeah and with everything going on with the pandemic do people are saying that New York is not the same anymore and whatever do you think that New York is kind of the same is going back to being what it was before or 
maybe it's never going back. <laughs> that does worry me. Um, I think mm-hmm. that in the summer, it's more fun because people are outside. So everyone's outside. Everyone's eating outside at restaurants. It's like way more I mean, obviously, it's not normal, but there's things to do because there's a lot of outside activities. So that's really, really nice. However, I am extremely worried about the winter here because mm-hmm. I think it's going to be miserable. Like, I really, as much as I love the city, New York winters are not my favorite. I hate the cold. I'm here because I love the city, but mm-hmm. I hate the cold. And the only good thing about the winter here are the activities that you can do. And the fact that you can't do those activities anymore in the winter, I definitely think it will not be the same this winter. I think it, um, I still love the city, obviously, but I don't think it's going to be what it normally is, clearly, especially because winter in New York, like Christmas in New York is such like a famous thing and like, it's definitely not going to happen anymore. Like, I wonder if they'll even put up like the Rockefeller tree because I'm worried that they might think that it's going to bring in too many crowds. So I can see them not even putting that up, you know, like I, things are going to be limited. Like you can't go to bars, you can't go inside restaurants, no one's going to do outdoor dining. So I am very, I wonder when, like when it will go back to normal. But I mean, in the warmer months, it is really nice to be here. Like I've really enjoyed being here this summer. Um, And when is this episode going up? So I know like how to. This Sunday, actually. This Sunday? Okay, so I can I actually have an announcement that I'm making on Friday, so I can share it in this episode. Um, so I am leaving New York for a little bit, which I am really? absolutely heartbroken for. Like I am so sad. I'm I'm so scared to like even announce this, but I'm really, really sad about this because my roommate actually got a job somewhere else and so she didn't want to re-sign the lease. Actually, we re-signed, but we pulled out of re-signing the lease. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was debating like, okay, I guess I'll go live by myself and like find an, a one bedroom apartment. But I was thinking now with the holidays coming up, like the holidays realistically are in two months, like November, December, that's only a few months away. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to be home probably the entire November and December because it's going to be miserable here in the winter. And also mm-hmm. it's the holidays and I don't want to travel back and forth for the holidays during COVID. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just yeah. stay and stay there the entire time, you know, instead of going back and forth. So I was mm-hmm. like, well, what if like, it's kind of going to, I'm just going to be wasting my money if I'm buying, if I'm spending money on an apartment for months yeah. that I'm not even going to be here. So I'm actually moving out of this apartment next week. That's why I was selling furniture. Yeah, that's so I know. Crazy. And I I found this out yesterday. So this is very new news to me. I was literally just sulking and crying all day yesterday because I was really upset. But I, yeah, I found out yesterday that I have to move. And so I'm moving back home for up until as of now, I'm going to reassess in January. So once January comes around, I'm going to think about like when to move back to New York. So my plan is like moving back to New York, but I don't want to be here if I'm not going to be there. Like if I'm going to go home for months at a time, there's no point yeah. in spending money on an apartment. And so I'm just going to, since my lease is up, I'm just going to move out and then move back in once it's warmer, once there's worth like the vaccine comes. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. yeah. So I have not announced that. I mean, by the time this episode goes off, it will be on my YouTube yeah. channel, but you are the first person to know. So Yeah, that's so weird. I really oh bad. Because I felt like when you moved, a part of me kind of moved with you because again, I have the same thing about you. I, I, I've been obsessed with New York since forever. Maybe since High School Musical mentioned it and I was like, okay, I want to move where Sharpay lives. And he was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> so when you move, I felt like a part of me moved with you because 
I think we have such similar personalities. So when I saw you move, I was like, oh my gosh, it's moving now. Seeing on your apartment, I was like, and I know this will be sweet now, but it's for the best. I know how expensive New York can get, especially living alone. Yeah, and I think that it's very small space for a lot of money. And I the two times I went to New York was in winter, one for New Year's Eve and the second one on January. And there's no way, no way you can do something outside. It's going to be very restrictive, I think, because everything I did was inside and, and, and just ice skating. Maybe it was outside, but you have to go inside. To right. I, I think it's going to be really a hard winter. So I think it's the best. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, and I hate that I'm, like, leaving when it gets tough, but it just doesn't make sense for me to pay money when I don't need to be, and if it's not going to be, like, I can't, like, meet with people, I can't, you know, I think it's going to be very strict again in the winter, and if it's not, then awesome, then I'll move back even earlier, you know, but I just don't, I don't want to sign a lease, a 12-month lease for a place and spend, because I'm, realistically, I'm going to be spending at least three, like, around $3,000 a month. Like, being realistic here, an apartment that I am looking for for myself when I move back is around 3000 if not more. So That's crazy. That's a lot of money. Like, that's not cheap at all. No. So I can move back home, and then January comes around, February comes around, whenever I want to move back, I can actually – I'll do the apartment hunt on YouTube. I'm so excited for that. I'll do a new apartment tour. I'll do new decorating videos. Uh, but it just doesn't make sense for me to sign a lease in the middle of a pandemic when I don't know what the year is going to hold. So Mm. it's actually like so depressing. Like I am like so sad, but it makes me have more peace knowing that I'm coming back. Like it's only for a few months. Like it's not, it's not permanent. Are you going to live with your parents or are you going to find a place alone? I'm curious. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm living with my parents. So it doesn't make sense for me to, uh, sign a lease and also they they just built a new house so they moved during this like last oh. month they moved so I'm really excited to see the new house it has a pool yeah. which is so nice so I'm like I can at least go to the <laughs> pool in September so I think um it sucks because my boyfriend and I will be doing long distance again like really long distance again but I think it's for the best it's only temporary so it's yeah. kind of what I'm you're the first one to hear about it. An exclusive <laughs> announcement on your podcast. That's so crazy. Oh, my God. Such a full circle moment for me. Oh, my God. I cannot believe it's happening I know. I'm really here. sad. I, I'm scared of the reaction, but I think that it'll be okay. And I think also a lot of people are going to do the same as you live and go back home. So your videos and everything will be kind of relatable. That's just true. looking at the bright side. You know? That's I true. live with my parents. I haven't here you don't really move for college so I've always lived with my parents so when people actually film videos in their house I'm like oh they have a similar life as mine <laughs> yeah no that's so true that's really yeah. true but it's just still talking about New York it's just like a bittersweet goodbye I guess um I what are some of your favorite things about living there and some of your not so favorite things my favorite thing about living here is just the energy and the people. I really like people here. Like, I think it has a very bad rep for being rude, but I don't really see that. I think people are just very real. Like, I think it's just people are very straightforward and real and they're not fake at all, which I really appreciate. 
and I just love the people here. I think it's so nice that everyone can be themselves and express themselves in their own way and no one cares. Like, I think that's just, like, awesome. Like, you can be wearing whatever you want outside. You could honestly be, like, naked outside and no one will care. Like, no one will even, like, look twice. Like, it's, like, <laughs> like just yeah. no one cares over here, which is so nice. Um, you but know then- when they're tourists because they keep on look. They look at you when you're wearing something and you know those people are tourists because the real New Yorkers don't even care. They don't even yeah, see you actually don't. walk by. I mean, people will be doing, like, I was on the subway and people were, like, dancing, doing backflips. Like, they were rapping. They were all all this stuff. I was like, this is so cool. Literally not a single person looking at them. I'm like, this is so cool. So that's, like, my favorite yeah. part about New York. Um, but the, my least favorite part is how expensive it is. And the quality, the quality of life here is very low. Like, our public transportation is dirty and it smells in the streets. And there are mice and rats and rodents and pests and it's so expensive like uh, my building right now was built over 100 years ago it was built in like 1908 or something like that it has mice in it I've had cockroaches I've you know like it's disgusting and then I'm paying over two thousand dollars a month and I have a roommate like it's just like it's not like obviously keep in mind I live in a very expensive area I live in the West Village so it is very very expensive and you don't have you can do New York for a lot cheaper. So anyone listening, please know that you can do New York for cheaper. <laughs> but it's still ridiculous that this is even an option. You know, like, mm-hmm. I think it's just like ridiculous how expensive this is for the quality of life here. Like you have to walk 20 minutes to get your groceries. It's you know, you yeah, I'm paying for location is crazy. I think like, why would right. you pay so much for just a location? Like, yes, you can pay because you're close to the subway and it's more safe or you live in an avenue. But how much money can you actually pay for a neighborhood? <laughs> right. So I think that, see, like, I love this neighborhood so much. But I think that if I came back, I would look in a more like a nicer building and maybe not the nicest place, like maybe not the most desirable place but a nicer building because dealing with those issues inside your apartment are kind of, it's kind of like, you're like, why am I paying for this? Like, why am I? Mm. I I don't know why people do it really. When I know people have mice, I don't think I will be able to sleep. I will be thinking about the freaking mice all night. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's one of those things that is, um, but again, even with those negatives, I still think it's the greatest city in the world. Like, I, like, still think this is the best place ever. So, even with those negatives, I still love it here. Yeah. Yeah, same. I share that thought with you. (laughs) And then the last question, and then we'll move to some rapid-fire questions. What are some of your favorite places in New York? So, basically, what you're going to miss the most? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm going to miss everything. I'm going to miss the West Village the most because it's the best neighborhood in the world. I'm going to miss my walks along the water with that, like, the Freedom Tower, like World Trade Center view. Mm-hmm. I'm going to miss the Italian food here. It's so freaking good. Um, I'm just going to miss the people here. Like, I feel like I'm like saying goodbye forever, but I know it's temporary. It's just, I'm going to miss so, I'm going to miss the subway. I love the subway. I know it's like dirty and whatever, but like, I think it gets you everywhere so quickly. It's so efficient. Um, yeah. But my favorite places, like, I just love the West Village. I really don't stray that far from here. Like, if you look at my videos, like, I don't <laughs> say where I live. But I just don't leave the West Village. Like, this is the only area I stay around. Yeah. Yeah, I also love it. I love the Washington Square Park. The art Yeah. Is oh, so my God. I, I love Washington Square Park. That's, like, my absolute favorite area. It's such, like, a movie place to me. Every time I go, I'm like, whoa, I'm in a movie. But now moving on to some rapid-fire questions. Basically, you just have to answer the first thing that it comes to your mind. Okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. What's your go-to coffee order? 
um, right now I've been getting from Starbucks like a double shot with soy milk, but in general for coffee, I've been doing uh, iced oat milk latte. Oh, the thing I never tried oat milk because here they don't sell it. So I'm just so like good. very curious about the taste. <laughs> it's so good. I know I'm not a fan of almond mm -hmm. milk. I don't like almond milk. Yeah. Are you a show or a movie person? Show. I don't watch movies. <laughs> So what's your favorite show? Um, I've been watching right now Selling Sunset and I've been loving it, but One Tree Hill is probably my favorite show or <laughs> yeah, I think One Tree Hill is like my absolute favorite show. I listen to the theme song so many times in a day. It's kind of ridiculous yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite podcast? Um, I really like the How I Built This podcast with Guy Raz. What's your biggest pet peeve? Um, my biggest pet peeve is, hmm, I'm trying to think. I honestly, I think my biggest pet peeve is, like, just, like, people that are rude. Like, honestly, like, I know that's, like, oh, hot take. No, like, I know it's, like, very common, but I just, like, people that are rude or fake or, like, are, in, are just mean and catty and petty. I'm, like, I just cannot, like, I can't be friends with you. Yeah, yeah. If you could switch lives for one day with one person who would it be oh this is a good one um probably the ceo of like a huge company like tim cook or mm -hmm. something like the ceo of apple like i would love to know what he has going on in his day <laughs> yeah same what's your favorite quote um dreams don't or dreams only work if you do that's my favorite i love that and the last one song that never fails to make you dance mm anything by like midnight city by like m83 is one that's like i'm always like so it like makes you like feel so happy um yeah. and like those types of music or those types of songs so that's like the first one that pops into my head yeah yeah i love that but then thank you natalie so much for being here today this is such a full circle moment for me to have you here on my podcast it's crazy almost on the 20th episode so do you want to tell anyone where they can find you Yeah, so you can find me at Natalie Barbu pretty much everywhere, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, anything that you want, and nataliebarbu.com or barbuagency.com. They both lead you to the same thing. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And then even in the podcast, you'll find my podcast, The Real Real, on there. And yeah, follow me on all of those sites. Thank you again so much for being here. And to everyone else, I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you.